podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. This is Good Brothers, the conversation between me and my good brother and a foundational part of the Ash Your Old Head podcast. Please take the best part for yourself. Tune in. Peace. I'm adjusted. Peace, my brother. What's happening? Man, out here, you know, living the dream. The dream. <laughs> what, on, what, on whatever day it is until y'all finish Yeah, it. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we are, um, that was an unfortunate ding-dong sound. Um, so, here we are. So, uh, I mean, I guess it, I think the point is, this week, um, the 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 stimulus bill was was passed, um, and I guess in in the grand scheme of things, too, just in terms of, I mean, looking at basically this is a a year from when we had yeah. to cancel our trip. <laughs> to yeah, <Houston. laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, we had to had to be grown, uh, prudent adults and go. Maybe we shouldn't travel to Houston just in case this is a bad idea. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I remark on it. I remark on it sadly often. I guess it's a year, <laughs> a year date to be like, well, maybe we should just save the the tickets, and maybe we should just try to figure out we can get our money back. So yeah. yeah. So um, but I mean, there's a lot uh that's really um interesting within this bill, and and I mean to the degree that. I mean, if you at least if you listen to news clips and other things where the Republican folks would say, you know, all the Democrats trying to get, you know, they try to get all kinds of pie in the sky, other stuff, you know, and this and that, you know, that 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 don't even as far as the minimum wage <laughs> that doesn't got nothing to do necessarily with what they're concerned with uh um with, with this moment in terms of economic stimulus. But and then the I mean, you know, it's a one point nine trillion dollar, you know, bill, and sure. and there's, you know, I mean, we're not going to necessarily get into the nit and gritty of every aspect, but what's some of your your first thoughts about you know sort of the passing of this and this? This is and like I think the other thing I guess is significant with this point in Biden's administration. I think um, I think most of the high, like I think like Merrick Garland got confirmed this week. Was that this week? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think uh, what's the other it's a sister? I think Howland got confirmed. Fudge, uh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, significant things in terms of you know the 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 work of the of the government <laughs> of of the uh, the people's work as it pertains to the federal operation of the federal government. Um, you know, underway. But what was some of your uh, impressions, or what was something that set with you of interest around this uh, the stimulus? So I guess the first thing for me, without nerding out too much and reading books by like 47-year-old white men about 10 years, about 12 years ago, <laughs> but <laughs> I've read a fair amount of books about like the beginning of the Obama term. And like, there's a lot of attention if you ever want to kind of, again, nerd out to these books about how Obama came in and said he's going to change the world. And a couple of things happened on the way to changing the world. Max Baucus, who was a Republican senator, I mean, a senator from uh, Montana, who, you know, the president, President Obama, was really trying to work with to, like, get Obamacare passed or mm-hmm. the Affordable Care Act. They get the Affordable Care Act passed. And he kept telling them, like, yeah, I got you. I got you. I want to make sure that my people is with you. And at the end of the day, Max Baucus was not able to bring none of his people with, with him, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, the actual Affordable Care Act never ended up being as broad as it could or should have been because the, you know, president wanted to do it in a bipartisan way to show that it was a shared interest for all American citizens, right? Mm-hmm. But the Republicans are very good at saying fuck you, right? They're just really good at it. <laughs> They're just really good at being like, kiss my ass, right? And Democrats have generally not been good at saying kiss my ass. Yeah. So uh, it never, the Affordable Care Act never was as strong as it could have been. And then as a consequence, much like people are talking about now, you really get a couple, you know, a couple bites at the apple in the old terms. So and man, Brown Emanuel was really clear. Like if you do this first, you're not going to get some of this other stuff. Obama said, hey, I want to do affordable, I want to do affordable care at first. Cool. He did it first. And frankly, got very little else. And then started to have to, he had to govern by executive order in his second term, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a valuable lesson. Many of the people who are now in control of the Biden White House were in the Obama White House, yeah. namely Biden, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also Ron Klain, who is now chief of staff. And the valuable lesson they learned from it was Republicans are going to jerk you. <laughs> so you might can't as well just figure, can't trust it. In the words of play, play, can't trust it. So it's it just like we might as well run the score up because they're not going to work with us. And I think it's fascinating only because traditionally Democrats don't do that. Whether it was Clinton, whether it was Obama, right? Traditionally, Democrats tend to believe in this broader idea of working with the Republican Party. Republicans don't really get into that, right? They know what they came to do. They know that they came to like put their stuff into effect mm-hmm. and, and tell you to kick rocks, as you say. So it's interesting to watch them actually, the Democratic Party tell the Republicans to kick rocks. Right. Because right. it just hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. And definitely on the like, we're going to pass this bill. I mean, you you might as well get on board, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, 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 you know what I mean? It wasn't a full get down or lay down, but it it was about I mean, as close as it, it gets about in as our close, modern. It, yeah, it was as close to the, to the JBM mantra <laughs> as you could have as possibly have in Washington. Like, it was, hey, with this, and this number, the number's not changing, right? I'll play around with stuff in the bill, but the number's not changing. Yeah. And so that was really was like interesting to me that again, that is not how Democrats have managed and governed. Yeah, they're not they, they, power. Yeah. I think they've there's always been this uh you know the way I characterized it in a uh conversation somewhere was, you know, growing up watching and engaging, you know, with you know, the way our Democrat Republican uh kind of dialogue operates it's as if there's like a it's like a family and it's the siblings in the family and and i might have said this on this crime platform before i don't know but and that is it's a family business and it's these two siblings and they don't totally agree and the one sibling he 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 has been assigned the one who supposedly knows more about business so everyone sort of listens to him even though he ain't really Really has never proved to be really good at running the business, mm-hmm. <laughs> but people tend to, they like him for whatever reason. They listen to him or, and then the other, other sibling, he, 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 he's, he's a little bit better at running the business, but he can't convince nobody that his ideas are good. <laughs> so mm. He ends up having these, like, you know, basically I got to sneak it in. And then when everybody sees it's good, they're like, oh yeah, we should do that. You know what I'm saying? Or see that it works now. He, and then, you know, sometimes he, he cold fumbles the rock though too. Sometimes he, you know, he's, he's had some missteps and, and it always has felt like being myself observing the way our, you know, this national stuff plays out. It's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we got to try to, you know, we got to try to build some consensus with our conservative colleagues. It's like, but why though? You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't want to build consensus with you. They just want the votes. Like, then why don't we just go ahead and vote? I mean, y'all can still be friends later. Like, if y'all hang out and play golf all to, on the weekends 
that's cool. Like, I ain't mad at y'all. That's that's your business. When you go in and vote on the on the on the policy, <laughs> when you write the concepts, like write them, you know, do that part right. And I, and I always feel like the, uh, you know, in terms of the way it, it operates and it, and it functions, even within our media conversation and our in us in this culture in this country. But I think, um, you know, something I definitely think is, you know, at, at some point I think right now it's like even though we've seen, you know, great, you know, I guess financial expansion, the, the varying different degrees to which the idea that, oh, you know, we just need to cut taxes and stay out of the way and all these other things that these policies are going to lead to, you know, improvement for everyone. Everyone knows, everyone accepts now that that's just not true. Like you get what you actually spend time working on, not on what you spend time not working on and hope that it magically happens because somebody like, it's like that. Yeah, man, I really want somebody to clean that corner over there. Maybe if I get up every day and and I leave some brooms out front, one day someone's gonna pick up and go sweep the corner. And it's like, you know, what will help get the corner swept better is if you went over and started sweeping the corner. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you trust, you trust that the person two two people away from you are going to do what they're going to do and it's going to produce your outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't trust it as you that's doing it. You trust that the person that you give the help to is going to act in the way that you see fit. Only then to recognize that they have different interests than you do sometimes in the sense that you give them a tax break so that they theoretically will spend it on hiring people. Mm-hmm. And then they go every and they, time. And they <laughs> every time. They be like, yo, we saved $30,000 last year. What are we going to do with that? Uh, yo, save $30,000. Save $30,000. We're not doing shit with the money. Right? <laughs> it's like someone said to me, and, and this is real. I mean, you know, we're getting into macroeconomic policy here, but this is a real thing. You say to me, I'm going to save you blanking blank on taxes. Now, this is a largely held thing in America, too. I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you a tax write off. We think you're going to put the money into the economy. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the money into the bank. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to buy no damn crab legs. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, so, but the principle is if we gave the businesses the money, that they would then hire to, to, to get their businesses to be running more productively. Their mm-hmm. businesses are already running pretty productively. <laughs> They're making a lot of money already. If you give them money off, they're just going to see it, right? Right, And so it's like that premise that we have assumed would be the underlying thing. And Republicans have done really well with making their premises of financial, like how markets work and how economics work, the basic premise in America by economics. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Most of us believe in some of this these days, like even to the point I was saying about the about the, you know, stimulus. Right. Like I do get that. If if people don't have money, they're going to go buy stuff. But if you would already got money are not going to go buy anything. Yeah. They already have money. So they have either what they want or what they choose to have purchased. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to go buy anything new. Only someone who didn't have what they needed, but theoretically buy everything. Which is why I'm sure every fisherman uh, in the world has way, has, is like, you know, doing a jig right now. Because they know it's going to be a whole bunch of lobster and salmon and crab legs full with them stimulus bags. <laughs> that 1400 <laughs> And yeah, I'm talking about, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about because people like crab legs. <laughs> Well, I, I'll say it like this. I mean, I, I don't think I'm in the in the um, community minority in that either, whether it was due to tax return, uh, a holiday, end of the year bonus, if you know you ever had a family member work somewhere that that actually happened, um, or some other right. financial windfall that you had not accounted for. There's a family. We going. We going to the Red Lobster. We going to the <laughs> to the seafood shanty. We going to uh. Let me see. But Olive Garden. You know what? That's just, you know what. You know what. You know what. Just that's that's a good. That's an interesting point. That's an interesting point because it seems like I I think the social media 
it appears different. Because yeah. to your point, if like 30, 25 years ago, if somebody got some extra money to check, let's go get some seafood. Yeah, we're going to dinner. We're going to eat. Let's go, hey. Now, now, but we didn't, everyone didn't know what your family went through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. definitely the point. Like, it wasn't no, no one like your family, like, your, your your mother didn't go to work. <laughs> like you didn't go to school and then like guess what I just had? <laughs> Crab legs. You know what I mean? So, and so, so, so you're right. I think that it, it is a part of the uh, American economy that you will splurge, but I think to the point of some progressives and even some of the conservatives like once you give certain mugs certain like they, people got a certain amount of money they didn't lose their jobs they're not going to spend that extra money they're going to save it right and so you might want to be careful giving them the tax break because they're not going to use it in a way that's going to stimulate the economy mm-hmm. um but one thing i want to say that is interesting is i've always thought that republicans Generally speaking, this is a generalization. Republicans are willing to trade principle for power, and Democrats have traditionally been willing to trade power for principle. Mm-hmm. Meaning Republicans, they're I mean, you saw with Trump, they, they were willing to be with a moron to get stuff done. Yeah. They were fully willing to support a moron to support, to get the stuff that they thought was important. Meanwhile, Democrats, generally speaking, I would say, have been above the fray, right? Like, the idea of this power for power's sake has been beneath many Democrats mm-hmm. in certain things that people wouldn't do or wouldn't. So, but in essence, it also made the Democratic Party appear to be the party that couldn't, that has said the right stuff, but couldn't get anything done. Yeah, yeah. Right, where I think even Trump's appeal to a certain population of black and brown men in particular, in the traditional Republican appeal, has been the Republicans get shit done. Like they move stuff. If they say they want to do it, they do it, right? So there's a certain there's a certain archetype in the black and brown communities of what that means to men, right? And I think Democrats, generally speaking, have been on the right side of ideas but at the right side of implementing them. I think this bill is actually different in that regard. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and I mean, and I, I mean, I did a little reading and do some more if I can understand it better, but it is a, it is a structural sea change. You know what I mean? Like it, it isn't, it's not just a, like, cutting some checks. I mean, it's, it's stuff that is basically like, look, we... We can use the largesse of 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 the of the government to you know change the underlying basic you know condition you know what I mean of folks and and in this event I mean it was already something that was um, needed and and necessary <laughs> I think um, but you know at least especially with the uh, and I, I still don't totally know how the mechanism works but the basically where. I think it, it, depending on the eligible family of four under the thing, it gets as much as $12,000 a year yep. mm-hmm. um, in, you know, in resources, which, you know, that for a lot of people that either that may not cover the rent, but that'll get you, you know, a whole lot closer to covering. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm-hmm. That is no small feat. Um, I think you sh- you shared that it's a like a possibly a fifty percent reduction in poverty. <laughs> yeah, for uh, some of the folks from some of the progressive think tanks have asserted that this done it, it could be what equals um, almost fifty percent of a reduction in in poverty for Black children because I think it's a interesting shift in the dialogue of like what you give people money for. So, and I think the pandemic, to your point, has brought this about. Since the 80s, in the welfare queen idea and Reagan, there's been this idea of having too many children and then getting money for it makes you not want to work, right? Which then finds its, uh, finds its like 
next step in the Clinton 96 bill, welfare bill. Right. Right. The, the Which work. starts to shave down, right, and, and shaves down AFDC uh, benefits for folks, depending on if they're working and stuff like that. I think the pandemic brought back into play the fact of the cost of children and the impact of children on working and on working families. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think. It, it, it is a great thing that it finally left the domain of feeling like you're being soft if you talk about the cost of children, right? And putting the lives of children on the behavior of adults, which is essentially what we have done. We've said, if for whatever reason, if the person, if the birth Olympics, if, you know, your place in the birth Olympics is going to be totally defined by the conditions of the two people or in the families, that you came up in. And if for whatever reason they had whatever challenges, if you know, race, gender, zip code, uh, uh, status of citizenship, if those things were messed up, well, you just got messed up, kid, right? Mm-hmm. That's essentially what we've done. And we tried to say, we'll give you help maybe once you get to the school. That's what we'll help you. Right, so we'll help right? you there. <laughs> we'll help you there. We may help you when you're three, but we'll definitely kind of help you when you're five. But again, if you're in the wrong zip code, eh, we're not really going to help you when you're five because <laughs> you, your kids not you're not going to get the same stuff the other kids are going to get at five. So that has been essentially what we've said. This shifts it to say, listen, there's a cost to having children and to making sure that children are okay. And that cost is going to be borne out not just by the individual parent or parents or family, but it's going to be borne out by society. And, you know, a lot of people don't know we're the only major country in the world that doesn't think like this anyway, right? So this is not like we've achieved some enlightened state. Right. We're just the <laughs> last ones to the party of acknowledging that a government has a, a role to play in making sure that kids ain't fucked up. Right. Right. And if I could just for a minute and <laughs> just to, to make sure everyone knows, um, um, and an homage to uh black as uh black as fuck or black hashtag AF, um, all of this is because of slavery. <laughs> <laughs> right. All of our you know, well the merging of slavery and also there's the general idea of early uh the concept of charity as it as it moved outside of a you know religious uh, service, which was usually also a tool of 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 religious recruiting, um, but that the the treat the way resources are distributed in our society, are, are, all of it is under the, the underlying message in there, or the res- restriction has always been about. But we don't really want to let them black people have that. <laughs> so we're gonna spread all. We're gonna spend all the money in this county on black people too. No, 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 no. Right. Like, you know, you know, there's there's definitely scholars that can tell it to you in a more eloquent way. But just in case there's anyone listening that didn't know, <laughs> you know, the, the the specter in the room when it comes to like, yeah, well, you know, it, it, it actually makes sense for a society to invest in its children to make sure all the children have the you know most access to the health, you know, safety, well-being so that they can grow old and take care of us when we get old. Like that, that that's not that's not a complicated equation unless you know, you want to take care of only your kids. Yeah, you know, only the kids we like. We don't want to take care of all the kids, you know, you know, or or we we had still at a functional level struggle to treat you with uh, basic humanity. So therefore, you know, I don't really want you, I don't really want to help you. And so when we usually get to these this type of policy, you know, the the obstacle to going, no, we should make sure, you know, why we had these, you know, the weird dynamic between public and private education is not just really some ideas about, you know, curriculum structure, <laughs> you know, and, and perceptions of rigor. It's, a, you know, the, the, the history of, of private education is largely of, so that way you can control who gets to be there. Um, and then that goes, you know, that goes that extra step beyond just, you know, not wanting to be around the Negroes, but also that I don't want to be around, you know, 
anybody but you know white anglo-saxon protestants you know in many sense in terms of our large prep schools and then you know the the counter to that that our uh you know catholic brethren they created robust systems of catholic private education you know what i'm saying so that they could have a pipeline for the development of the people within their faith to access you know power and and, and prestige and you know there's, there's a mm-hmm. whole the whole thing there so just just a sidebar related to when we talk about way stuff gets moved by government all of that history is included um i mean i think the other thing just to, to come back in uh you know going off just the soup soapbox um the the general idea that we like we all have a stake in making sure that like our systems infrastructure are the rules of engagement so to speak make it so that most people should 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 be able to do well. They'd be able to take care of themselves. Now everybody might not, you know, become a, a CEO of a, of, a, of a you know running a industry entity that does twenty million dollars in revenue. That's not what the the, the 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 back end is not the goal. Is on the front end that if people are working every day, they shouldn't they shouldn't be like, damn, I, I'm I'm kind of not making it. Or if I miss a day, or if something was to happen in my this job. I'm in the tailspin. Like uh, the idea that we we can't build that into the way we think about policy is really, you know, it's 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 not by accident. And there's some people who are more comfortable than others going, well, hey man, <laughs> sucks to be you. Like, you know what I'm saying, than others. And you know, other people won't speak to it. Uh, you know, but that that's like the thought that always comes to my mind. And when we discuss something like this in terms of, you know, uh, you know, tax credits, you know, if you have a, a single or, you know, just family that's low earning for whatever number of reasons, and you know, you say, look, man, you might be up to, you know, four or five thousand dollars, eight thousand. I mean, shoot, four thousand dollars is a lot of money to an individual person to just say, tack that on to whatever you else you making. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I think the idea that uh beyond the um the direct payment money, but I think too just the idea, and this is one of the things I read, was that in many ways, you know, conservatives have kind of base, basically accepted that like everybody's kind of okay with the government giving us money. So maybe, I mean one, people have already been okay with it in terms of, you know, tax subsidies, the the um the uh, the write off you get if you you know by paying a mortgage all this stuff like you know farm half of our farming business is requires government subsidization subsidization I'm work on that <laughs> government subsidy to function and um you know or, or what they say that because it helps to bring consistency <laughs> so so farmers could keep taking that risk every year like you know what we we've limited it to limited that resource to industries that often are captured, you know, by white people and, you know, any, you know, uh, there's 4 billion um, in aid to black farmers in this, which I'm, you know, I'm actually trying to reach out to some people to, to learn a little bit more about what that aid means. I think it, again, it, it starts to, it, in some ways, is the is the policy and programmatic recogni- recognition of, to your point, we just have privileged some people over other people. This is no other way to look look at it, right? We just have decided that it's better that if you were working and you decided to buy a truck, that you can get money off. But if you decided to buy another car, that you can't get money off. Which is the bottom line. Right. Like for a long time, the pickup truck SUV tax credit. That just said, OK, hey, if you buy this and slap blankety blank LLC on it, you can then write this off. But if you right. bought the same, bought something else that was the same thing, you can't write that off. Right. So we it was used... a seventy five thousand dollar yeah. <laughs> credit. That you we use incentives or disincentives to get people to do things. And again, going back to this idea of. Well, why are you struggling? You're probably struggling because you didn't read enough or your parents didn't take care of you. And it's kind of our fault, but it's kind of not our fault. 
So figure it out. Here's the thing, you know, from my perspective, there's always a moral as well as an economic imperative. The reality of it is when you don't take care, take care of people on the front end, you end up paying the cost for it anyway. So mm -hmm. in society, even if we assumed that there was no moral imperative to not let children be harmed, you're going to pay for it on the back end of stuff you're going to have to put in mental health supports, of stuff you're going to have to put in jails, of stuff you're going to have to stuff, stuff you don't want to pay for. You're mm -hmm. still going to have to pay for it yeah. because of the impacts of not thinking about children and families, right? The impacts of not giving people a base of opportunity from which to live their lives. The, the, the stress that one set of people are going to have, which you're going to pay for when you then say, well, someone is downtown doing things and I don't, I don't want them people downtown. Now you're going to have to pay more. You're going to pay on one side or the other. So for me, it's always about thinking about how can you ID, I, one, identify the moral imperative of making sure that every citizen has a chance to flourish. And then two, if you're going to pay for it, you might as well pay for it on the front end to not have to pay for it on the back end to then have the associated cause of fear, you know, which again, in our society, those costs are kind of bought in by other companies who make money off of fear, make money off of degradation, right? So I do know in some senses that it is a good business model for people to keep people fucked up mm -hmm. because like there are businesses that then come in and say, oh, you're fucked up. Well, why don't you just cash your check with us versus cashing your check at a bank? And don't worry about if we take $10 from it versus them not taking any money from it because guess what? You're fucked up. So you might as well come here and do this, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know that there's a whole host of predatory companies, but generally speaking, the investment. I mean, I think the, the thing about this bill, and we'll see if Biden keeps up this model. I mean, you know, politically, I think things will get a little tougher for him now. I think he's getting a, he's getting a victory lap, but I think it's going to get a little tougher with this next bill because you mm -hmm. only can go back to the reconciliation uh, uh, well, one more time this year. Mm. So you don't really have a whole bunch that you can just get 51 votes. Everything else, you got to get 60. So, you know, uh, but I do think it's good politics if you were going to do something to get to start off, to get your base to know that you got them a win, politically makes sense, right? Versus, again, as, as used and as successful as the Affordable Care Act is, no one cares. Right. And that's the thing that Obama and claim and all of them learned from it. That once a bill becomes in play and it gives you something, you don't remember that someone gave you something unless it's a check. <laughs> right. Unless you gave me a check or a job, I don't remember that you gave me something. Because now it feels normal. Right. Because that's what laws are supposed to be able to do to give you some sort of regularity or normalcy. So once you set a law into play and I say, oh, I can get uh, I can get a I can go to the doctor. Cool. I don't keep giving you credit for now. Me going to go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> like I go to the doctor. This, this difference is you keep getting resources, uh, like you said, and, 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 you know, the bags, the cats out the bag, so to speak. This is an anti-poverty bill. This ain't no stimulus bill. This yeah. is <laughs> that's what yeah. this is. This is a 1.9 trillion anti-poverty bill it, it, it has some stuff in it that to your point four billion for that they even got stuff where the democrats got like republicans we are actually paying down almost like billions of dollars on uh um what do you call it people's uh not iras 413 they're, they're um pensions pensions yeah, oh, yeah. no, we're backstopping pensions for like the mine workers and shit. Like, this is some deep shit in this. Like, mm -hmm. this is some, I mean, again, it's almost like you've run the score up. Like, because once you run the score up, you might not get a chance to run the score up again. So you almost don't feel bad about running the score up. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you know that you ain't going to get a chance to run the score up again. Right. And so I think that that was 
an important part of being able to figure it out. And then it also is another really good example of why power matters. Because mm -hmm. if Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff don't win, none of this happens. Yeah. Right. I mean, so that's why the idea and I, you know, I'm totally supportive of the idea of principles. I'm principal. I try to be as principal as I can. But power matters. And if you don't have the power, you can't do the things for people that you care about. And so, you know, people make jokes about the fourteen hundred dollars hitting their bank accounts and, the, you know, whole host of things. But really, that happened because Democrats were able to get in power. No power. None of the things that we're taking for granted. So you know, uh, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting kind of like spin on where America has been. And I do sometimes think how much the pandemic brought stuff to light that I think was not shared collectively. Right, mm -hmm. the pain was not being shared collectively in America. So because the pain was not being shared, people wouldn't see the importance of being bailed out. I bet you if you ask most restaurants before this, did they think it was important to be giving people aid, they would have said no. I bet you every one of them say yes now. Right. They 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 ain't just saying yes, they like, hey, <laughs> we need some aid. <laughs> we need some money. So then everybody now understands the role that government should be playing in a crisis. Now, you and I both know there have been communities and people in crisis for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. But because everyone didn't feel it, the idea of crisis was not even equally shared. The pandemic allowed the idea of crisis to be equally shared. And with that, now I think there is just a broader, more robust understanding of the role that government should be playing in people's lives to achieve an outcome. And um, I mean, I think it's a good point to 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 pivot to. I mean, I think with the with the way this year has been, um, you know, at least the premise that we, I mean, I guess whether it's good or not, it, it's like we're we're stepping into opening up more. Um, you know, I mean, I think un unless there's a the way from what I, what it appears, looking at the way governments, uh, into you know, uh, I guess not governments, government authority <laughs> from state to the federal level are operating in most states, uh, is we're gonna start opening up, um, and we maybe are gonna try to calibrate that with what we hope our you know vaccine spreads you know if, if the most vulnerable people are starting to get you know some level of protection and is that like that's this is just me interpreting what i'm seeing i mean we're not going the, the texas route where texas is like look we open <laughs> we open covid be damned um uh and and with that is is also i think the acknowledgement that look man the chips are going to fall where they may on this basically and you know i you know, I, I don't think I don't think that most people can continue to persist with with you know some of the restrictions we've been operating under, and and not and I say that in in the terms that people are gonna start acting out. You know, what I'm saying like either it's gonna be like man later, man we just open. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like our restaurant is open, and if you want to come in here, you know, county share for whoever and close us, well you go ahead and do that, but we open. You know, what I'm saying. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people have adapted to, you know, I'm I'm uh, fully comfortable, you know, leaving a mask on while I'm in, you know, if I'm inside of an eating establishment when I'm not eating, <laughs> like, you know, the social, the social dynamic of it, so to speak. I think that though, um, I don't, I don't think it would be realistic to have, to not try to figure out what stuff can happen with some level of fluidity um you know or at least some level of movement um and just you know not have people trying to like i said i think we talked about last week stay all day in homes that were totally built on the premise that you only came here to sleep and eat you know nine hours Absolutely. a day wasn't nobody Absolutely. In here, right so this is like 
this square footage and the layout and everything works great when, you know, you pretty much you come home, maybe you make a little dinner, watch a movie, and then y'all go to sleep. You know what I mean? But if y'all in here all day, all together, it's not enough space. (laughs) So it's not. It's, it's, It's... you know, even if I mean, shoot, I, I I was thinking about I was doing a thought exercise and thinking about like me and you on the key. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, yo, it's a pandemic. Y'all can't really go outside. And we just had to be in that apartment. <laughs> right. <laughs> All day. Just it is. I mean, it was a different world, obviously, without the internet and other things on the on the level they are now. But you know what I'm saying? Like at some point we were like, yo, God, we're going outside. Like, you know. Right. We're gonna do something. We're gonna take a walk. <laughs> I'm sitting on the stoop. Like, I, yeah, it's cold. I'm outside anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just too much from a stress perspective. And I think, um, you know, as this month, I imagine, goes on, there'll be more sort of comm- comm- commemorative, you know, articles and thought pieces and, and, and whatnot. But I think for me, is, you know, the idea that, look, if, if we know that there's, there's one if there's treatment we know that there's some level of protection at least that some people who would be most vulnerable can get something that can help that you know people people are gonna i think slowly tip out and then suddenly it's gonna be like you know i mean it's gonna be like coachella of of your local uh eating establishment or like like man, we never got anybody to this many people to come out to you know, you name it summer like a uh, city fest <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like whatever outdoor summer thing that people usually didn't, you know, kind of went to, but wasn't really into it. If it happens this year, it's going to be packed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, ah, ah. You know I mean, like we, we never sold <laughs> this many uh, elephant ears and uh, funnel cakes. You know what I'm saying? Cause I just think it's people was pent up. And uh, what the hell is an elephant ear, by the way? It's like a big, it looks, it looks like you see one. I ain't never seen one. So like, they sell them at the zoo here. And it it's like a cinnamony, so it's very similar to a funnel cake, but it's like a flat whole disc, and it's got like cinnamon sugar stuff on it. Okay, okay. I don't really like it that much, quite frankly. Okay. It's kind of crunchy, thought, and, you know. It it felt like something that they created like just for for the for shits the and giggles at like at the uh, at the Iowa State Fair or the uh, Minnesota <laughs> State Fair or something like, along with bacon covered corn dogs. And, right. You know what I'm saying? I've always trying to. Yeah, exactly. I've been always trying to figure out like, is this real? Is this like? Yeah, I didn't. I, did, I, I still don't particularly care for them. I think we got one a couple times last. Sort of like some. Or like them when she was little when we go to the zoo and I was just like, eh. like you know, the main part of me maybe not because I really want a funnel cake. Like I'm looking at that, yeah. Like, this don't taste like funnel cake. This tastes like no. some other thing. Sort of a disappointment. Yeah. You keep it to yourself. You yeah. keep that. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> sound like it. Sounds like a letdown. Um, but you know, I think I, I think you make, you bring up a really poignant and insightful point around our lives have been structured to do what we were doing good, bad, or ugly. Mm-hmm. And we went through a shift that has kind of told us that maybe you should be prepared for your life to be a little different, just in case, right? So there's a there's a sense of resilience that I think has come through. We may not call it that, but mm-hmm. clearly people and families and communities have to be able to respond to tragedy. Now. You can also argue what we've seen, particularly in in Texas, around the energy crisis and the you know the utilities and everything, show us that again we're just not prepared for things to not be the way they've been, right? And so I think the pandemic has shown us just like okay, everybody, whether it's access to resources, whether it's the way we do things, whether it's the amount the way we cook or the way we get food or the way things occur, like you have to be be thinking about these things and it puts what seems like hippy dippy green stuff into play. Like countries that understood how to be resilient have responded differently than countries who have not. Right. And that's just the bottom line. That's not like a, that's, that's not a value judgment. Mm-hmm. Canada just did better than America. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, it's not a good or bad thing. It just is what it is. Right. Yeah. Britain. Britain didn't do as well as France, like it or Belgium. It, it just is what it is. Right. And so 
I think that, you know, you you know, you make this point about like people's ability. And then the kind of unintended consequences of things that have happened, like again, we're able to now see more. Oh man. So some kids, they don't go to school. They'll kind of be okay. Their families will talk about shit and someone will be at home and reading with them or making them read a book or you know, looking on the internet for looking at ants and ferrets and shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. but like there's gonna be some kids that based on the situation are not getting any support. There's gonna be some young people who are, you know, newcomers to our communities, newcomers to our cities who really need help with English as a second language and they're not getting it. Yeah. Right. And it it shines a light broadly on, again, the lack of resilience and the fact that we don't have stuff built in for our individual or collective resilience, right? And, you know, for me on a very personal note, it just makes you realize a lot of what matters to you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, you sometimes take for granted the idea of like social engagement, especially if you spend some forms of social engagement in places like bars or lounges, which means you don't know 90% of the people in the place at that time. Right, right. <laughs> but you still want to go there. Like right, this is right. a unique thing that we do, right? Like we, we want to go to a place to drink something you couldn't drink at home with one or two or three or four other people, but 90% of the people in there you don't know. Right, don't know. But you like to be there, right? And you didn't know how much you like to be there until someone told you you couldn't sit and possibly talk to somebody who you didn't know and strike up a conversation, right? So it, it lets you know those type of things. Also travel, you sometimes you can take it for granted as we talk about our Houston trip. Like you take it for granted where we was like two years ago, we were in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Then last year we were going to be in Houston and it was like, okay, hey, we're going to Houston. We got it all set up. It's like, no, you're not going to Houston. It's a health emergency. It's like, oh shit. Okay, so we're not going to Houston, right? And so, you know, on the bright side, I'm sure, uh, there's a whole bunch of people who now are more aware of Puerto Rico because <laughs> it seems like everybody went there. Um, you know, since they couldn't go to Tulum anymore. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so yeah, I just think it's um, it, it has been that. And also, and again, I, I want to acknowledge my privilege here and what I'm about to say. It gave me a chance to recalibrate things that I hadn't. And I want to say it's a privilege because I know some people did not get the ability to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. For some people, it became more stressful because at least they knew that they were going to work. They knew the children were being educated. They knew, you know what I mean? And then uh, all of a sudden, all those things are thrown into doubt, you know? So I really think, um, and it kind of ties them together willfully this bill and the resulting legislations and things will do the things to actually make our citizenry healthier, to make our citizenry more resilient, to make our citizenry better. Because I think now we've been forced to acknowledge the unequal nature of what was happening in society. And if you don't try to do something, what occurs and what is lost for people who already were not getting a fair shake. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I think it, it um you know when when things become disrupted from how they were functioning, it it creates the perspective where you have to cause cause now the all the other connected pieces that you know made made sense might be a strong word in terms of like made sense, like they were the best, it wasn't the best answer, but they didn't stand out when everything else, you know, was functioning. But then right. when, you know, and it, and it, it would have the, I don't know if half my, whatever the percentage of the population was like, oh, well I can still work from home. But then there was uh, this other large population of people that, that can't work from home and large population thing of jobs and, and roles that need things that need to get done that people need to be, in the building to do it. Like you can't, you can't manufacture, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
can't manufacture just about anything, you know, in your house. <laughs> like, there's a reason. Not, not that nobody <laughs> wants to buy other than Pinterest, right? <laughs> or Etsy. Making some. You know, so <laughs> I make my beads in the house. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah. It's beautiful. It's fantastic, and I love it. However, and you didn't blow the. Here's my thing. Even if you made the beads in the house, you didn't blow the glass in the house. Yeah, you didn't Damn blow it. the glass. You, you didn't you grind. Still need the yeah, <laughs> you doing wire. Using wire uh, understructure, that wire was made in a factory <laughs> that smelts metal. <laughs> it turns it into a wire cord that you could use. Like, it's all parts, parts, a big part, and still a large part of our um, society that requires people to be present. Our food, our entire food system requires people to move and haul stuff around and pick fruits and vegetables and plants out of fields. Still. You know, to the degree just just so everyone everyone here is in and is in, you know, so we're going like, oh no, it's all like automated. No, no, it's not. Like almost everything you eat still needs somebody, like a person <laughs> to be incentivized to go out and pick it so that you could eat it. And we have a long way to go to make sure that that experience uh for those workers, um is one again that is a fair exchange for them to say no nah, like i'm cool to come here temporarily and do this because it allows me to live a certain way you know for me and my family you know what i mean or i'm cool i'm all right with doing this if you pay if the pay is right right um it's not forced however it is tremendously challenging and there's a whole lot of us that would not take that work um we have structured this world this way <laughs> and then when it's like you know, I mean, people, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comedians. I mean, there's been a lot of comedians, like the concept of the essential worker and what stuff gets declared essential. You know what I mean? And it's, there's a lot of things that, you know, what's essential gets to be, you know, not just a, a simple calculus of like, well, you know, you, you, you know, if you do outreach work that engages youth, you know, as the as depicted as seen across our country in our recent, you know, a lot of cities flare up in violence. You know, my my basic underlying feeling is that we have so many young people who are detached from all of the different ways that if they were already kind of in an isolated situation, the the few ways that people would interact with them and engage them are hard to do. <laughs> so they just, you know, they out figure, you know, and therefore things start happening. Like that's that's my you know my hypothesis. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, it will require study and research for it to become a theory. Um, but the you know this uh, event it 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 does push you to to ask like you know yeah like is it is it really worth it to, to live in a, like a little tiny apartment for a lot of money? <laughs> And and you name the city now, you know, counter to some of the narrative people, like, everybody's leaving this city or that city. Everybody's not leaving. A lot, a good percentage of people left, but you know, more of the data points to that people are, you know, mostly staying put. You know, what I mean, from homeowners to, you know, with many cities, the rents going down because you know, obviously, they're taking a hit. Um, that it makes it actually more palatable to stay. You know, even if the probably a lot of cities rent still too high, but. You know, we we have a lot of work to do um, from a um, government function side, from uh, advocacy side, from an activist perspective, from an academic discussion perspective, from a business function perspective. To think about how many of our different systems for like how you acquire housing or where you work make a lot of assumptions that are that are really fragile <laughs> um require a lot of you know uh external resources for them to make sense and to function and you know how just how close to the edge of some of this that we are and because we don't we don't get we don't if you don't live on the edge you don't see it and then if even when the edge, when something like this happens you are still far enough from the edge that you just maybe experience this as as, as like individual discomfort oh man you don't want to go see my aunt like not like yo we might lose our <laughs> like we all lost our jobs and then all of us got sick and three people in the family died like you know what i'm saying it's 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 it's, it's been 
quite quite the year with this man and um but uh i guess on the other side of that is you know if out of this this time it makes the space for some of these things that were needed changes before that we can point to if we had been doing this prior <laughs> that might not have been a bad, as bad for certain people because we would have had a uh, more reserve health infrastructure <laughs> in place so that, you know, people's, we, we, we could handle if suddenly we needed to, you know, a, you know, three more IC, you know, ICU units. Um, we had a robust enough medical training uh, apparatus that we, 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 we were not running short of, of medical professionals to like, you know, do the healthcare on us <laughs> and, um, you know, you name it, uh, you know, I can give you an example of where we, we could do better. So <sighs> with that coming out of the year, what's, what's, I mean, what's the prognosis on a, uh, <laughs> on some kind of get together? <laughs> Man. Well, you know, I hear different things. Uh, you know, Biden talked about July 4th. Uh, I was in a meeting. Uh, with some leaders here and they were a little more aggressive on the time timing. Um, you know, if every adult in America that wants to take a shot can take one by May, I think, you know, you're kind of looking at a, 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 a quick shift. And one thing I'll say, like kind of in closing about this is like, I think just like we had to go into a shift and everyone wasn't ready and we had to normalize some things, we're going to have to normalize what happens when people come out of this process. So there's going to be tension of people. There's going to be tension of anxiety, right? There are going to be people who have been in the house for a year, for a year. And they, they have been scared about interacting with other people and getting anything. And yeah, they're going to be sensitive when they go places. And sometimes they're not going to go places. Or sometimes when people are going to have parties, it's going to be it's going to be a little more difficult to say, hey, why why aren't you bringing your kids to my party? When people are going to be like, because I'm scared mm-hmm. people in your party are going to make others sick, right? And and so I just think there's also going to have to be from a mental, emotional health perspective, and also just from a civic perspective, people acknowledging that everyone everyone's at a different part of the spectrum around engaging with other people as, as this world makes this kind of like huge shift. Again, there's a a good number of people will just be like, Hey, I got two shots. I ain't wearing a mask. You motherfuckers just better figure it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Then there's going to be people, you know what I mean? Like who are still immunocompromised. There's still going to be broader health challenges. You just, you know, and then I saw stuff that says like basically COVID will remain very much like the flu. Like yeah. there's a certain amount of people every year that die, right? Because of the flu. And in 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 a tr- traditionally, they're immunocompromised and they have other comorbidities, right? So it's not like it's going to go anywhere, it just will exist more in that form, right? And as it morphs, there will be different more formings of it so it will be here which will then have the conversation of who decides when masks can be taken off officially right and again and just the social norming of like understanding what that means for different people and and you know we're in a space where you know and as much as you know scientific as we base our lives on this is difficult for me to say but like the science doesn't matter because people aren't, that's not where their anxiety lies. Yeah, it lies yeah, somewhere yeah. way deeper than the science. You know what I mean? And so, you know, for those listening, just really being thoughtful that in, in our transition, that there still will be unintended consequences yeah. of our transition back into normalcy. And that we be as give people grace and space with our, our transition, just as we were thoughtful around giving people space in regard to. Yeah, the the previous transition. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think that um, you know, my my thought is that for most people, I mean, for people who have already been doing, look, we you know this this aspect of our family has been kind of still hanging out together, 
right? If, if if they're structured that way. I know everybody doesn't have family. And when I say family, I'm not saying just like, you know, partner and kids in a home. I'm talking about like aunts, uncles, cousins, whoever, whoever is the family that right, you right. go kick it with on, a, on, a, on right. a MLK basketball day. Y'all went over there and watched the game together, like that family. <laughs> um, the, right. I think for some people, you know, they, they're just gonna, they're gonna probably dive into that, that aspect. And then I think the, the idea of the, like, the small get together, <laughs> I think is going to take off. It's going to be like, you know, uh, I can imagine the, like, uh, I mean, it's probably already happening, but like the, you know, referencing back to the, to like the worlds of uh, Etsy and design and like, oh, and we put together this fabulous dinner, only, only 10 people, you know, we want to, we want to stay COVID safe <laughs> just in case, you know what I mean? And you know, some sort of weird. I can see it rolling out even right, in like right. art and music, sort of like the, the, the concept of the small, the 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 small gathering of, of of close, you know, close close. Like these are my most important people who I really want to kick it with. So I don't even want to see them. You know what I'm saying now, other people they just be like, look, I'm trying right, to go out. Right. <laughs> so I'm gonna go wherever the, the, the action is at. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Miami exhibit <laughs> Miami. It's cracking. So. And Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. <laughs> and Atlanta. So, you know, our old folks that um folks are safe, you know, I think the the, the balance of people taking the time and, and just being thoughtful around your own decision making. I mean, and and for somebody like me that, you know, I like to I like to I like to go kick it with people that I like to kick it with. I don't necessarily need to be outside though. Like that just ain't never really been one of my um uh I don't know, one of my itches where it's just like, yo, I just want to be somewhere else. Um, I like to be, you know, with people. But the having that, the dynamic or the ability to have a little bit more comfort that I could go meet up with somebody and, and catch up with them and have a good conversation and not be like, are we taking mortal risk <laughs> with either one of our families or other loved ones because we just wanted to have a good word and and connect? Because um, that is something I definitely... Um, you know, miss throughout the year. I mean, I, I, I am, I am the person where you talk about something and you go, "Oh man, we should get together and have a coffee." That I'm gonna follow up and try to get that coffee with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we ain't gotta become friends for life or nothing, but I'm gonna try to follow up and get that coffee with you and say, "Yeah, you know, right, we right, have another right. coffee sometime. Let me know." You know what I mean? And I think, um, and I have missed the ability to to really, you know, to have that uh, aspect. You know, as a, you know, a good brother. Here, a conversation with I keep his name private for because because it is. Um, but it's like you know having a drink with somebody on, on drinking your own liquor is bullshit. Like you know what I'm saying, like I want to go. Like if you gonna take me for a drink, I want you to be able to take me for the drink. Like I'm, I'm sitting at my house pouring my liquor or you right, know, right, right, drink right. alcohol, pouring my own you know coffee <laughs> beverage or tea or, or you know other bubbly drink or you know if you deal with the CBDs or the the THC base. You know, I'm in Oregon, so that's legal. You can drink, you can eat that here. You know what I mean? I don't know how to go down other states. But, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you're right. You get, <laughs> you get the highest saying, giraffe ass. You know, if you want to do that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it ain't the same if you got to do it. Like, let's, you know, it, it could be fun. It could be a, a, a break from the monotony to do it on a video thing or something. But it's it's proven everyone sees that it's insufficient. And I will also say this: I know midway through all this, people, oh, businesses, they may never go back to the office. People going back to the office, dog. Take it from justice. I I, I don't see certain industries, certain companies that have you know they've already been structured in a way where almost everything's remote. But I think a whole lot of been like this. I think I think it might not happen immediately. I think somewhere in the next two to three years, some people are going to be like, you know where I want to be? I don't want to be doing this at my house. Can I come to the office and do this? Like at least two, three days out the week? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, can I, right. can I please go to an office and not have all this shit in my house? You know what I mean? And, and But because it also, it just, it, it minimizes the space yeah. between different forms of your life. Which in a way, you know, Again, there's a privilege to it to say, hey, I just go into the next room and do this work. But there's also like yeah. a level of distance that doesn't exist. Right. Well, I mean, work hours across the board, even for quote unquote white collar yeah. workers or professional workers have went up because there's no distance in your work. 
like you're working damn near 24 seven, because even if you are fortunate enough to have a office mm-hmm. in the next room or upstairs or downstairs, that means literally you can always go to it. That's very, very different from the vast majority of people that once right. they leave work, works over there. They left um, work. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I just and there's something I think to some that. Of that uh, I, I question the idea that I don't know. Like I said, maybe I think definitely amongst a certain class of people, certain categories of jobs, and certain areas of work that it does make pretty good sense that you know to be flexible and say, yo, you you could probably stay at the crib a couple of days a week. You ain't you know what I mean, or at least you know what I'm saying. But uh, there's a whole lot of stuff where it's like, yo, man, you know, this we would get through this conversation a lot faster if we was all in the room together, <laughs> as opposed to not being in the room together. So can we all go to the other room, to, to the office, and, and 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 handle this and get this thing done or whatever it is? You know what I'm saying? Right. Quickly. Right. Ex, ex, in the words of T.I. Expeditiously and Joe Clark. And I think it's. We'll see. You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um. Well, that's all I got, God. You know what I'm saying? On this, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Just an anniversary of sorts. Um, so, yeah, man, folks, just all I'll say is people continue to stay safe and whatever that means for you and your family. And I think, um, you know, uh, the appropriate degree of commemoration, not just of the, you know, the, obviously the, the individual people that, that return to the essence um, during this year. But also the idea that, you know, we have vulnerable people and commemorating and thinking about what do we do to try to make sure that all the people who are vulnerable going forward are not as vulnerable to, to you know, leaving the fa- leaving this planet and, you know, Absolutely. leaving their families. Is that, so, you know, that's a piece. You know, uh, as they always say, uh, <laughs> when you, when you, at least when I was young, you get some money, don't spend it all in one place. You know what I'm saying if you get if you get a hefty stimulus check, man, take care of business. You know what I mean? And um, you know, but but in all seriousness, be safe. And um, yeah. We out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, uh, Majestic. Um, as always, we if I ask you or hope you will or will that you will take the best part for yourself you know if you are in the financial circumstance and reality that you're going to see a substantial stimulus come your way you know we wish or if you're in a circumstance where you will not either way we wish that you you know find what you need and um that those resources that are coming your way you know help to make things a little easier Um, as we all move forward together in these unprecedented circumstances ash old head podcast the ash old head podcast is brought to you by me justice raji good brothers it's brought to you by me and my good brother i'm majestic all of these you can support by one listening two sharing uh the podcast with those you know who you think should give it a listen but also you can kick in at patreon check up search for ash old head become a subscriber also you can always shoot shoot a fiver at a justice raji at j-u-s-t-i-c-e you know with the little cash thing on the cash app uh you can also go to the etsy shop and buy a t-shirt or something you know all proceeds go directly to <laughs> paying for my production costs in whatever degree that they can but you know most important thing man is listen and share everything else will figure itself out um you know as we move into spring season, uh, you know, we can get some sunshine and hope your situation stays stable and healthy. And with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace.